0: following radio show takes place between 7 p.m. and 8 p.m. events occur in fake time Right. It is Wednesday, May 12th, 2021, and it is another edition of Simulation Radio Live. Welcome. Good evening, everybody. Once again, we have a lot to get to today. We've got some Colonial Pipeline updates. There we go. I saved myself from last night when I called it the Keystone Pipeline. We got some Colonial Pipeline updates. Chick-fil-A has got a severe Severe shortage that you're going to want to know about if you are a Chick-fil-A fanatic. Plus, we've got animals rising up, coming up a little bit later on in the show. There are quite a few animals out there. They are upset, they're pissed, and they really want to make sure that humans know exactly what's up. But first, once again, for the third night in a row, I'm a little bit distracted tonight while we're doing the show. Because ten minutes right before the show started... now little bit of a backstory here for anybody that is not aware of the job market out there it is booming if you drive down the street you'll see now hiring signs posted anywhere and all of those places are not actually places that you would want to work for instance but that extends to the general job market of like jobs that you might actually want to have for instance and i've been trying to uh upgrade a little bit from the soul-sucking territory that was where i was working before and i'm scheduled for an interview question mark supposedly now 10 minutes before the show i actually get a text message and i don't know if this is a trend that's going around for people that are looking for jobs but one of the trends that job seekers have started to take on here is they're texting you directly about stuff. And I got a text message 10 minutes before the show started about a potentially shady job offer. Now, the reason that I think it's a little bit shady is because I say that as I'm in the middle of talking to this person. The reason I say that is because, A, it's 27 bucks an hour, which is a lot more than the types of jobs that I'm going for are going for. And the, the scheduled interview that I'm supposedly part of is taking place right now via fucking text message, via WhatsApp. So I get a text message. Let me see if I can pull this up here. In fact, I don't want to because it's going to it as red. And I told the person that I had to go to work. I'll be back in an hour. But I get a text message saying, hey, do you want to schedule an interview like, right now do you want to do a text message interview right now at this very moment and I tell them I text back I say hey I'm about to go back to work is there any way that we could do this either later or tomorrow and the response that I get is it'll just take a few minutes of your time it's gonna be a text message interview and that's when the red flags start going off in your head like a I'm not quite sure what's going on here. This sounds a little bit shady. Not you would also think that a professional recruiter might be using uh, proper English too. Not that it's completely broken English, and apparently it's a it's a company that's owned by investors in India. So we'll we'll see how that goes. I can't fault them for not using perfect grammar it just it sounds like a potential nigerian prince scenario doesn't it so i want to know from you guys have any of you guys have do any of you have any interesting job interview experiences let me know at simulation radio at on everything leave a comment because i want to hear some of your job interview horror stories i don't know if this one's going to turn into a horror story but it's looking that way potentially or it could just be maybe six months down the line. I've started working there already, and I'll think back to this moment and be like, wow, I cannot believe that I thought this was shady. But here we are now, six months into it. So I'm not quite sure how this uh, this plot is going to play out here. But that was, that was my life before the show. I was going to let me let me pull this up here. In fact, I'll say I might save this for the very interesting show tomorrow. But I was originally planning as my opening bid here, I was gonna talk about this Amazon thing that Justin from the show ordered on Amazon recently. And you know what? We're gonna save that as a teaser for tomorrow. So stay tuned to the very interesting show tomorrow night at eleven, if you want to hear more about this Amazon product. I'm telling you, if you're one of those people that likes to show other people things on your phone and it's really hard to see sometimes then you're gonna want to check this out i'll give you a full-fledged breakdown as to what's going on with this product uh tomorrow night you're you're gonna want to hear about it but first we have a couple of updates in the colonial pipeline story because we all know that people are freaking out right now everybody's still lining up to get gas and i'm still that idiot that has not gone to get gas yet i'm still that idiot that has lined up or not even lined up yet i'm a little bit afraid honestly i'm a little bit afraid that i'm not going to be able to get any gas got slightly less than a quarter of a tank as an update from last night slightly less than a quarter of a tank still and I'm just hoping that I can make it the next couple days without needing to gas up. But regardless, if you need to gas up, if you're one of those smart people that decided that I'm going to get ahead of this, I, I say smart people, but it's mostly just people freaking out. And you can tell how badly people are freaking out because people, I'm not sure if this is actually happening, but the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission is putting out an official warning against using plastic bags amid the colonial pipeline crisis. They put out a tweet today. When using a gas canister, never pour gasoline over or near an open flame. Flame jetting is a sudden and possibly violent flash fire that can occur when pouring flammable liquids from a container over an exposed flame or other ignition source. And the USCPSC... My God, that is... That's an abbreviation. They're going to have to figure that out. And the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission is having to say this because there are reports of, there are pictures, there are reports of people that are freaking out that are putting gasoline in plastic bags. I've seen viral pictures on social media. Again, not sure if they're real or not. That's far from what I'm an expert in. I mean, I, If I was doing research, I could be an expert in it. But I'm definitely not an expert on putting gas in your plastic bag, which, by the way, does not seem like the right thing to do. I don't know. Where is... Okay, I get a lot of shit for being book smart and not having a lot of common sense sometimes. But you know what? You know what I'm never going to do? I'm never going to sit there and think that it's a good idea to hoard gas and put it in a fucking plastic bag. That's that's just, that that right there is just basic, it's basic common sense, people. So don't put your gas in a plastic bag. If you're going to line up to fill all six or seven of those fucking red gas containers that you have, just keep it confined to those. Keep it confined to your red gas container. Try not to bring any plastic bags or any trash bags or any garbage bags like that. The product, product safety commission is noting that you should only use containers officially approved for fuel. Now, I'm not going to go that far and say that that's all that you have to do. Look, when push comes to shove and you need your fucking gasoline because everybody else is freaking out, which is probably going to cause you to freak out, too. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of freaking out a little bit. I need some fucking gas, but we'll 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 see how that plays out. Just don't fill your plastic bags with gasoline. Look, there are plenty of other things, many other valid things that you can use plastic bags on, which is that you could use them as trash cans for one of those little little, little tiny trash containers. You could put it in that. Just don't, don't put gas in it. That is all I'm saying. Just don't put gas in it. However, we have a, a slight Florida man story, slight Florida man pivot here. Because while he may not be a Florida man, he became a Florida man when he was arrested in Florida. And he would not have been arrested had this gas shortage, or it might not even be a gas shortage. It's just gas access, which is what's being caused by the pipeline malware attack. It's not a gas shortage. The gas is still there. We just can't get to it. We just can't get to the pipes yet. A suspect in the Times Square shooting was arrested after his car ran out of gas right here in Florida. Farah... How do I pronounce this name? Farrakhan Muhammad. It, it was only the first name. Kind of got there. He was detained near Jacksonville, as police said, after he was found and taken into custody at a McDonald's located at South Walnut Street near Jacksonville according to WTLV which is the NBC affiliate in that area he was found in his car after it ran out of gas due to the closures of the gas stations he was reportedly arrested by US Marshals via a joint New York and New Jersey task force a senior law enforcement official told NBC that police knew he was headed south and that there was a confirmed sighting on on Tuesday so as part of the investigation This guy, who was part of a daytime shooting that took place in Times Square, he was a suspect that was at large. The investigation was following him down here, and they were hoping to maybe catch him in a particularly compromising situation and running out of gas in the middle of a gas shortage, quote-unquote. That counts as that situation, so I'm not saying his name again. Mr. Muhammad, he becomes... Your Honorable Florida Man of the Day, ladies and gentlemen. All right, he did it. You're an honorary Florida man now, Mr. Muhammad. Still not saying your last name again. So, overall, stop freaking out. Because if you just so happen to be somebody that partook in a daytime shooting and you're at large, if that's what you want to do, you just want to shoot people and you just decide that, you know what, I want to live the rest of my life at large, at least, at the very least, be a little bit more uh, intelligent about what you're doing. At least stock up on gas, maybe put it in a plastic bag. Okay, don't actually put it in a plastic bag, because that's going to do worse than get you detained. It could get you killed. Just don't put it in a plastic bag, okay? Or do. I mean... This is not the person that we should be concerned about here. Do, don't, don't put your gas in plastic bags. And if you decide, if you just get a wild hair up your ass and you decide that, you know what? I really want to shoot somebody and then I'm going to flee to Florida. Just, just plan out your gas trips a little bit better. I know that you push the limit sometimes when you get to empty When that gas light comes on a little bit more, I think I can go a little bit farther each time. That reminds me of a Seinfeld bit, but there is another company. There is another organization, one that fans probably love a little bit more than any of the gas companies that's facing a shortage of its own. And it's Chick-fil-A, ladies and gentlemen, because if you like Chick-fil-A sauce or if you like any of the Chick-fil-A sauces, and I'm not going to lie to you. Chick-fil-A sauce is fucking good. I saw, you know how the algorithm decides what kind of videos you like? Somehow, some way, it might not be the fact that I stop and watch them every time. Somehow, some way, the algorithm has decided that when I'm scrolling through Facebook that I want to see all food videos and I want to see all cooking videos. And I saw a recipe the other day on Facebook one of those algorithm videos, which is homemade Chick-fil-A sauce. It apparently is quite easy to make. And if you're a fan of Chick-fil-A, you should probably start learning how to make that sauce because the supply chain shortage is affecting Chick-fil-A. They will be limiting the number of sauces that they're giving out to customers because of limited stock. The chicken chain said on Wednesday that industry-wide supply chain issues, which are affecting essentially every part of the economy, just all of it, it has resulted in a shortage of select items that Chick-fil-A serves, including sauces. In response, Chick-fil-A is only giving customers one dipping sauce per item at its restaurant. So, I know how easy it is to go up to Chick-fil-A. It was the classic order. Me and my best friend used to go to Chick-fil-A all the time, and... Every single order, like clockwork, we have always got to ask, hey, can you, uh, can, you put a, can you put a couple of extra extra Chick-fil-A sauces in there? It would really be nice. We would We would really appreciate it. And unfortunately, that habit will be around for not much longer. Chick-fil-A said, We are actively working to make adjustments to solve this issue quickly and apologize to our guests for any inconvenience, the company said in a statement. The chain said it's working to fix the sauce supply problems as quickly as possible. Man, Chick-fil-A, you're going to have to get this figured out because the sauce experience is essential to going to your restaurant. It's not the chicken, which is really good. It's it's not the blatant your the Chick-fil-A politics. I was about to say the the blatant hatred, but that's just, you know, emotional reactions that people have to things that Chick-fil-A does. I'm sorry, if I like the chicken, I really don't give a fuck about what their politics is. I'm just, I'm not that emotionally attached to a company's political opinion to care, which, you know, people that really fawn over companies and and when they put out political statements, think you can learn a little bit of a lesson from that. Just try not to get emotionally involved in the company that you stan, Zoomers particularly. Not that it's only a Zoomer problem, but it's Zoomers stand things. But regardless, there is another solution out there, which is that at the grocery store, I'm not sure how long this has been around, but I think it's been around for a couple of months. What you might have to do is you might have to go to the grocery store. They actually sell packs like they sell. uh, I don't want to call them shakers because they're not really shakers, but they sell bottles that's the word i'm looking for i don't know why it was so hard to come up with that but they sell bottles of chick-fil-a sauce i know they at least have the regular chick-fil-a sauce and they have polynesian sauce so if those two are your favorite sauces then buy them at the store just take them with you take them with you as you go to chick-fil-a put your pre-packaged sauce bottle on your chicken and then bam it's decided you no longer have to worry about only getting one sauce at chick-fil-a i know it's a shame I know it's probably going to convince some people to not go to Chick-fil-A, but just go buy one of those bottles of sauces at the grocery store. Bring it with you. You can slather all of your fucking shit. You can slather all of your chicken in the sauce, and that's going to be a much better chicken-eating experience than having to dip your shit in the sauce, dip your little dip your little chicken nugget in the sauce. I don't know. I don't like dipping my little chicken nugget in the sauce. It's tiny. It's like this big... Which if you're watching on the camera, I'm doing a little hand motion, which nobody clip and use against me, by the way. Just do that. It's not really a big deal. Until it is a big deal and people stop going to Chick-fil-A. But regardless, Chick-fil-A, they're trying to figure it out. Their supply chain shortage is just as bad as the gas shortage. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to figure that out, Chick-fil-A. So before we go on break actually, I don't usually like talking about things that I don't know much about. However, and by however, I mean not however. I still don't know much about it, but I've seen some really really interesting takes about the Israel versus Palestine conflict that's occurring right now. And again, I don't like talking about things that I don't know a lot about. The only problem here is that every single other person on social media and every single other person that seems to have an opinion just has no problem with it. And this is a litmus test for what side you're on and how susceptible you are to to news narratives, how susceptible you are to the emotional manipulation that is subconsciously done to you by people that present the news to you. And... I can tell that people are strongly affected by this because they have severe instant emotional reactions to every single little piece of information that's coming out about this story. Now, obviously, Israel and Palestine have a very long history that go back a very long time, and I'm not going to pretend that I'm an expert in that history either. And I'm seeing posts from people on social media that are actually celebrating this violence which is insane to me it's insane to me that people could celebrate you know that viral post that was popping up everywhere on social media of the rockets that were fired towards israel people are celebrating this kind of shit posts on social media are glorifying this kind of violence so if if you're a blind left winger then you're on the side of Palestine. And you're instantly claiming Israel as just hard oppressors. Palestine is the oppressed people because, you know, the left is definitely concerned about oppressed people and not gaining power for themselves. That's definitely not how that works. But if you're if you're a hard lefty, if you're a blind lefty, then That's the side that you're on. If you're a blind right winger, then you're sucking Israel's dick and all these fucking Republicans that have spent their entire lifetime gaining their opinion from Israeli lobbyists and from people that only have Israel's best interests in heart. It's two sides that have absolutely no possible way of reconciling that, that are in constant conflict. And all of a sudden, everybody's an armchair expert on this. All of a sudden, everybody knows everything about the Israel and Palestine conflict. Nobody knows why they're on the fucking side that they're on. And that's the thing that really annoys me about this, is that nobody knows why they believe what they do. Everybody is only taking the side of what side that they already agree with. This is a story that Instantly falls in the narrative of, okay, what do I believe? And how do I take this story and make it fit what I already believe? And it's a shame because there's got to be a better way besides escalating violence and glorifying violence. Obviously, what is going on over there is a deep shame. It is absolutely ridiculous. And I really hope that we can find a solution to this that does not involve continuously escalating violence and just. The hurting and killing of people that doesn't sit right with me, and yet everybody, all the idiots on social media, all the all my fucking high school friends that are on social media posting their their dumbass partisan shit, you got to stop. You you've got to stop. You've got to realize that the way that this story is being presented and just the nature of the conflict itself is very prone to severe emotional reaction. And all I'm asking you to do. Stop. Stop letting your emotions get involved in here, which I know is a very hard thing to do because that's what everybody does about everything. Stop stop being so emotional about it. Take a second. Think about this for a moment. And stop trying to just blindly promote the side that you're on based on what you get. It's, it's just... Asked backwards the way that people form their opinions. They take facts and they take information that's being presented and they use those to already solidify what they believe. The facts just automatically instantly align with their viewpoints. And I'm not going to get into the, the nitty gritty of this story because, again, I'm not an expert on this. I don't like talking about things that I don't know everything about. Not everything, but that I don't at least have a solid grasp of what this, about, this is about. So I can only hope that other people, that anybody else out there that has a hot take about this, can just stop what they're doing and maybe use their brain for one second. You hear that? High school friends on social media and everybody else on social media, just shut the fuck up, sit down for a minute, and use your fucking brain. And stop glorifying violence. That's it. That That's the take. Hopefully it's not as spicy of a take that I might have implied in the social media promotion for this the show tonight. But that, just stop. Just stop. And that's all I have to say about that. So when we come back, I know we hit a little bit of seriousness there. But trust me, that's all going away when we come back. Because scientists have discovered the answer They have discovered the answer to the biggest mystery of our time. And it is the mystery of the Giant Penis Man. And you're going to want to hear about this because they finally cracked the code of Giant Penis Man. You're going to want to hear about it. Plus, animals, they're rising up. We have tigers spotted on front lawns of homes in Houston cicadas are rising out of the ground after 17 years and a Florida man has an interesting encounter with baby swans in Lake Eola they're out there and a man really does not want them to be out there anymore and we will hear about that when we come back you know i think the animals are kind of tired of all of our shit and if these stories that you're about to see aren't proof of that then look i don't know what to tell you besides you're you're probably you're probably just wrong okay but first i teased it before we went to break scientists have made a huge discovery and that huge is quite quite literal here because Scientists have discovered the mystery of the greatest archaeological wonder that the world has ever seen. I am talking, of course, about the mystery of the giant penis man. Archaeologists have proved that this X-rated graffiti, and I'm going to show this to you guys in just a moment. I'm going to put it up on the screen here. But first, we got to hear a little bit of the backstory, because scientists were tracing the origins of the infamous... Oh, God. Here's here's another pronunciation butcher. Cerny Abbas Giant. It's a city in the UK, apparently, and it's a not-safe-for-work chalk carving of a naked man from the UK. And it dates all the way back to the 10th century. Scientists have been trying to figure out... They've been looking for years to figure out exactly how old this drawing was. And th- the depiction is of it's like an old-style drawing. It's drawn in chalk. As a matter of fact, you know what? I will put this up on the screen here, and you're really missing out if you're not watching the video here. Let me let me zoom in on, on this for you guys, which you should be following, by the way, at youtube.com slash simulationradio. The shows are Monday through Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. You're listening to this live right now? Probably not. You're probably listening to the podcast, but you should be. Because check this out. Who wouldn't want to look at this live? Look at this giant dick. It is fucking huge. There, are, there is no way that you don't want to see this. So he's depicted, and check this out. There's actually a mask here, too. This was added in modern day, actually. They most recently went back and, and added the mask here. Because, of course, because COVID's happening, the, it, the mask is the most... Is the most timely thing to do right scientists were trying to figure this out and the depiction actually is 700 years older than it was previously thought so almost another whole seven centuries like I had to do the math in, in my head for a second there but everyone was wrong and that makes these results even more exciting, said geoarchaeologist Mike Allen of the Allen Environmental Archaeology uh, Research Study in Codford, UK. UK. So, this was a story done by the BBC. This geoarchaeologist, I guess that's a thing. How, how is that different from a regular archaeologist? I, isn't being an archaeologist, isn't geo part of the archaeology? I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's just my, my first impression here. But he led the year long study of the sexplicit hillside carving. Good one, New York Post. You know what? I'll allow that one. I'll allow that one. That's okay. It depicts a man holding a club while sporting a massive erection. And you know what? let me put this up here too so that you can see how massive of an erection this is, because that is quite massive of an erection. It look, it is so disproportional to his body that it is just it's striking. The giant penis is the point of this drawing. Whoever made this in the 10th century, they clearly meant for this this drawing here unfortunately he has a mask now so the fact that he has a mask now probably makes that that giant dick just a little bit just a little bit smaller right haha <laughs> there there are many other theories also on the exact origins of this whose name i'm not going to say the earliest known reference comes from records from the town church in 1694 so that's that's quite a long time since it wasn't mentioned in a 1617 survey of the area by another popular scientist at the time. So because a very notable scientist in 1617 did a survey of the whole area, he didn't see it, and so he wrote in his survey, he mentioned, all right, nothing happened here, this just, I didn't find it. That led people to believe, that led the scientists that were doing the study to believe that it that it was actually more recent than... 1617. So that led scientists to believe that it, that it was somewhere between the 1617 period and the 1694 period. So that was proven wrong by other researchers. There were other, other scientists that actually believed that it could date back even farther than that. And, you know, Occam's razor would have applied here and that the simplest explanation was of it not being in the 16th, survey, was that maybe he just didn't see it. it. It Maybe it was still there, and he just didn't see the statue. So to talk a little bit about the experiment, too, the the geoarchaeologist, still, still I'm not sure what separates geo from archaeologist, him and his team, they extracted soil samples from the chalk outline and the area, so they used current biology. They used actual... Actual science now with technology to to analyze the soil, and you know what? That gave him an answer way quicker than looking at history. Just just press press buttons. You have to press uh, press the science buttons. And whoops, that was supposed to be a sound effect. Anyway, that's all you have to do. You just have to use modern technology. That's it. Just do that so i talked earlier before we uh got a little distracted by the giant penis story look it's it it's still a little distracting i almost don't even want to talk about the animals anymore like what do we have 25 more minutes look i could sit here and talk about this giant penis story for another 25 more minutes but you know what I'll save everybody, and we'll talk about the animals now. Because to start off with, you've probably seen this viral story about a wandering tiger in Houston. Now, there's been an update on this. Uh, To start off with, a video went viral on social media of this neighborhood. It's a very upscale neighborhood in Houston that had... It was, it was normal. It had kids playing. It had cars driving. And it also just so happened to have a fucking tiger that was running around and scaring people. And we have a video on this, too, from the NBC affiliate over in Houston. Where is that tiger? In just over 24 hours time, this search has gotten nationwide attention. And tonight we are back in the neighborhood where it all started. Michael, Laparty continues our team coverage now, live from Houston's energy corridor, wow. where the big cat got Check a little out that too swoosh. close for comfort for some of the neighbors out there, Michael. And Chris, when I asked one man out here for his reaction to the latest developments tonight, he told me he's still in shock over what happened in the first place. The video shows the tiger walking slowly. We're going to see the, the video in a moment. They play it in this, the street in this report. Towards an off-duty deputy who was over this way and neighbors out here told me that. With see, look all at how nice in that area, neighborhood is. This could have ended much differently. More than twenty-four hours. See, look later- at that. It's prowling. It's... Hey! Still about hey! The tiger that was spotted on oh, Drive there's a guy over there that's behind a truck. He's got a gun here. pointed think at that it. We probably drove through right when the tiger was on the other side of the, of the street. John Cardona has two kids, ages 9 and 11, and says other kids are often outside. I think that was my first reaction was I thought immediately about them because they're younger children. Um, and there's always families walking up and down, so... Uh, it's just crazy that that happened. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. The tense moments wow. were captured on camera as the tiger approached off-duty deputy Wes Mannion. When we pulled up, uh, I didn't see the tiger initially, so I thought it was a joke, but then looked behind the no, bushes. This the no, this is no joke, buddy. And the bushes at the house. And despite holding a weapon. Really, it, 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 at no point did I want to shoot the tiger. Um, yeah, you so don't want to kill it, right? It, be as calm as I could the whole time. Houston police. All right, that's a good response by Victor Victor that guy. Clavis took off with the animal, leading them on a brief pursuit before getting away believe that first this man lives across the street from the home i never not even talk to him but he talked to my son a couple of times and talking you know about football and stuff like that about the football and the stuff an update the suspect victor hugo cuevas he was aged 26 he was taken into custody on monday night and charged with evading arrest the whereabouts of the tiger though are still unknown so houston police are still looking for this tiger it is on the loose in Houston, it's it, it's out there, and hey, hey, quiet you! It, but yeah, the the tiger's still out there, and he he needs to be stopped. So if you're in the in the Houston area and you have seen an unusual walking, breathing tiger, hey, I think I found him, but you need to call Houston police Im- immediately. Just do it. A seventeen year cycle is occurring this year because the insects, cicadas to be exact, they're part of a swarm called Brood X, also known as the Great Eastern Brood. You know what? Let me I forgot to do that. I forgot to turn the camera back on me. It's expected in a range of areas from Tennessee to New York. So that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty long stretch of the country that this 17-year cycle is going to occur in. Because the cicadas remain below ground in 17-year cycles, tunneling and feeding beneath the soil, which means the last time that this happened was... Oh, God. Let me see if it's in the article so that I don't have to do math. Uh, 2004. There we go. The math wasn't actually that hard. So they, the last time that this cycle happened was in 2004, I don't know if that was a story in 2004, but it's actually not the worst thing because they don't actually harm people. They're just kind of uh, annoying, and you kind of want to just kill all of them. It probably feels good punching one in the face. Oh, do you know what the most satisfying thing is? The most satisfying thing is... Okay, when there's a love bug flying by you, the most satisfying thing to do is just flick it right out of the air. It's, it's, it's really fun. Also to just slap flies out of the air, too. If you, if you have good enough reflexes to do that, then whew, good on you. But these cicadas, they've been underground for 17 years, and this is the year that they're going to start rising up. And the, the, the cicadas, they might not mean harm to people, they're just trying to mate, and that loud buzzing, annoying noise that you're going to hear is actually just male cicadas making, uh, hey, come come get me songs to the female insects. It sounds like a drum-like organ. It sounds like a timble. apparently. It starts off as a little bit, so how this turns into a domino effect is once a couple of cicadas start rising out of the ground according to an entomologist Eric day of the Virginia Polytech Institute he did an experiment and they noticed that little little amounts of cicadas were popping out of the ground in tiny specific intervals and then what happened was this the male cicadas that's that came out initially the ones the first ones to come out the the first responders so to say the the real he- the real heroes of the pandemic the first responder cicadas they they come out of the ground and they start making their loud fucking annoying noise and the female cicadas mate with them and then it makes more cicadas. Plus, that's compounded by the fact that more of the cicadas are fucking rising out of the ground. So if you're in the Tennessee to New York area, you need to be careful about cicadas rising up out of the ground and mating in front of you, because that's probably disturbing, and you might need therapy from that. I'm just warning you, that might be a thing that you're going to have to do. Oh, over here, locally, in Orlando, police have arrested a man this week, that was accused of stealing the little baby swans in Lake Eola. Every, everybody that's in Lake Eola loved the little baby swans. And the adult swans. Everybody just loves all of the swans. That's, it's just all love. But unfortunately, 71-year-old Richard Harger faces a charge of grand theft and has been trespassed from all city parks. So he's gone He's out of there. The Orlando Police Department said that on Sunday, they were advised that a man later identified as Harger, approached a nest of young swans and two adult swans with a food cooler. And there is video of this, and I'm going to show you that right now, because this is just absolutely insane to see. You're really missing out if you're not seeing the video here. This is such high frame rate, too. That water cooler is nowhere near big enough to steal that swan. No, no, what? Are you what? Doing? He's rescuing them. No, oh, no, he's stealing no, the the stop. little, little Let's baby ones. They won't be here tomorrow. She's oh, the... Him. That... Aw. That feels so bad for the, the parents. Oh, he just... He just fucking karate chopped the adult be, swan in the face. You piece of I shit. That. I work for the Lake are so you're ta- you're, you're Aw. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That swan just had two of its little babies stolen. This guy is claiming he's an expert, so let me pause the video here. According to the story, this man claimed that he was a wildlife expert, and then it was actually okay that he would be doing this, which just does not sound right at all. It, I, He's clearly old and senile the guy goes on to say he says they'll be dead tomorrow no it seems like they're doing just fine there buddy look they're in their nest he's got they've got two fucking parents what is wrong with you yeah no no that's not okay that's not okay you should be ashamed of yourself, sir. <laughs> Alright, that was that was a little mini this week in animals. And there's another thing that went viral this week that does not involve animals, actually. Now, if you're a fan of Jeopardy, this is the last story that we'll get to tonight to close out here. If you're a fan of Jeopardy, then... You're very well in tune with the world of when Jeopardy videos go viral, right? Like, whenever, you know, occasionally it makes it into the cycle, you'll see it'll see maybe like every couple weeks. And this is the story for that couple weeks because a man, Steve Bright, who is a contestant from Massachusetts on Jeopardy, went viral for not knowing the answer to. To the question where the answer was an oven, essentially, the question was, "What is a device that can reach a temperature of up to 800 degrees?" More specifically, in fact, you know, I'll just, I'll just play the clip because it's a little bit terrible quality. Hot stuff for a thousand. Stefano Ferrara is a famous maker of these, which can reach a temperature of 800 degrees inside. See, is it calzone? Ah. No, no, buddy. It was not. That was incorrect. That was not the right answer. It was not a calzone. Actually, you know what? Everybody's giving him shit, but I'm going to stick up for you. Steve, I'm going to stick up for you because actually I'm only sticking up for you if Hot Pockets count as calzones i kind of think they do right at least at least the pizza ones right and the pizza ones are the best hot pocket anyway as good as hot pocket could possibly be which they're not very good at all but the pizza ones are kind of salvageable the ham and cheese ones are kind of salvageable i i think that's it i don't think there are any of the other good ones oh you know what i saw in the in the supermarket recently apparently they have garlic bread Hot Pockets, which, A, why the fuck weren't you doing that earlier? You had to wait until I'm not eating Hot Pockets anymore to come out with garlic bread Hot Pockets. It Not that I would do it anyway. Not that I would do it anyway. But I'm coming to your defense, Steve. Users on social media are giving him loads of shit about this. How could you not know that it was an oven? You know what? That's fair. Obviously, a hot pocket is not going to actually get to 800 degrees, but (sighs) it's just... (laughs) That's funny. All right. One more thing. Ellen DeGeneres has decided to end her talk show. That's it. That's the story. All right. Let's do Reach for the Sky. Sky. Oh no, Sheriff Woody! As we close out the show, again, reach for the sky is what we do at the end, kind of as a cool down, a little wind down from the day. Which I don't know if we needed because just about all of those stories that we just did were all significant wind downs from the day. So, congratulations, everybody! You made it through and we will now go to randomquestionmaker.com. Let's see what five categories we have. Candid, weird, icebreaker, creative, and funny. I think yesterday I went with icebreaker, right? You know what? Okay. To fit the day, we of course have to go with weird because how could we not go with weird after just talking about the world's biggest giant penis man? It's the most groundbreaking discovery that we might have ever made as a human species. So once again, congratulations, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, what are two things you would do if you woke up to find yourself completely invisible? Okay. Do we go with the obvious answer of, you know what? I was going to say walking around everywhere naked, naked, but I think there could potentially be better things to do. Okay, A, first of all, oh, God, I'm not, I don't want to be that guy that questions the premise of the question. But if the rules are that I could get away with touching things, then it would be okay. I would assume so. Like, I would assume that I would still be able to touch things while I was invisible. So obviously you have to go with robbing a bank, which I'm not saying that I would ever do that. And, you know, what? that probably wouldn't be possible. No, no, there's got to be a way to make it work. There's some kind of really, really uh, degenerate money-making scheme that you could do while invisible. And whatever I could do that would make me the most money, I think, is, is what I would go with. That would be some kind of day, right? Okay, what if I could go through that situation hypothetically, like fucking Bill Murray in Groundhog Day? Because the question specifically stated, what are two things that you would do if you woke up to find yourself completely invisible? So I'm going to take this into the de- the next dimension and just assume that I could Groundhog Day it and learn new things every iteration of that day. And that's probably it. that's probably what I would do. So at the end of the show, I would like to give some plugs because I realize that I need to get better about this. This is one of the so a little bit of uh, a little bit of backstory. I have a whiteboard in front of me that I can see that you can probably see too if you're watching the very interesting show tomorrow night at 11. The video version, Make sure you're, you're watching on YouTube for the video version or Facebook or Twitch, any one of those. But I have it written on my board to plug the fuck out of everything more often. And I just have a really hard time doing it because I get so engrossed in the stories, especially, especially these stories tonight. But I get so engrossed in the stories and so engrossed in my train of thought that I forget to plug things. And so I have to do that now. So, A, I realize now that the way that everything is set up on all the different social medias is different. So if you're on YouTube, that's subscribe. Subscribe is the thing that you want to do on YouTube, right? It's probably right there. 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 Yeah, I'm pointing to it on the camera. It's probably right there. So press that. In fact, smash it because that is what you have to do on YouTube. You have to smash it. And then the other thing that I've been obligated to tell out of fear of being shot in the head by YouTube police is that I have to tell you also to press the bell in order to receive notifications on everything because, look, the more things that go viral, the more things there will be content about, and you you want to you want to see things when they're nice and fresh, right? Like, for instance, I have a bunch of stories that I've been sitting on from the last few days that I'm probably just not even going to be able to get to. Because, look, they're going to be old news by tomorrow and by next week, by the time we do the show again. And they're probably just going to fall to the wayside. And you don't want to miss out like that. So that's, that's what you have to press the bell for. On Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook, okay, Facebook is different. You actually have to like and follow, too. Do both of those things. Again, not that I recommend being on Facebook, period. On Because Mark Zuckerberg is watching you. You know, he's sitting there. He's sitting there with his cold, psychotic eyes. He is staring you dead in the face through whatever mechanism you are watching the show on right now. Mark Zuckerberg is watching you. But if he's watching you use Facebook, then you should like and follow on Facebook, too. Because... Everything gets posted there, too. In fact, full the full recordings of the show are going to be posted on on Facebook, too. So if you're only a Facebook consumer, if you're, look, all the people that I know that consume the show through only Facebook, I don't. I'm not I'm not going to lie to you, you're all over 40. So don't take that the wrong way. I still love you, but you're all over 40. So if you're all over 40 and Facebook is the only thing that you use, then like and follow there do all of that stuff, it's it, it's just going to be a good time had by everybody. Twitter, follow that too. I'm trying to do a little bit more activity on Twitter. Look, Twitter's the hardest one to use right now because I feel like I have to put more thought into tweeting. Like The only thing that I felt like was tweet-worthy that was my own content recently was this fucking picture that I took at Walmart the other day while I was there and it literally just had letters printed on a laminated piece of paper that talked about a Mother's Day flower special. It was 20 or no, it was $19, because, fun fact, or $18, because, fun fact, Walmart does not end their prices in like nine or zero because they want it to feel like a bargain deal, by the way. And. The text that was on that laminated sign, it just said, like, U-X-P-X-B. Like, it was supposed to be a fucking product. And it was literally just a string of letters that said absolutely nothing. And that was the only thing that I thought was worthy of posting on social media. But look, I'm trying on Twitter, so just go there anyway, too, and also do that. Instagram is probably where the most activity happens. That is, at Simulation Radio on all of that stuff, everything so Instagram's probably your your best bet. Plus, just about everybody is on Instagram, I think, right? Instagram is the one that, like, more people are on. Not that it's the better social media, but, no, I don't know. Maybe it is. It, you know what? It probably is. All right. I'm out of here. I'll see you guys tomorrow at 11 p.m. for the very interesting show. Catch you then. Bye.